take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know... Everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. You know, Gene, today's episode, the topic for today, kind of came up because of the last guests that we interviewed. Right. So they were going to be interviewed on our podcast. They had it on the schedule and their assistant was questioning them. Because they were asking them, are you going to couples therapy? And like in in a way, like, is there something wrong? Right. Do you have a problem? Right. Is there a problem in your relationship? And I, I think that this is a misconception. Mm-hmm. And then the next guest that we interviewed, she said that they weren't having a problem in their relationship, but they went to counseling to be doing better. Right. Right. And so, you know, there is this stereotype Mm -hmm. of counseling, and and I think it's a very negative stereotype. And this is something the counseling field has wrestled with for years and decades. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that it's important to talk to you out there, listeners, and let you know as far as what we see in couples and when couples should seek that outside guidance. Right. And that's why couple synergy is really a coaching model as opposed to it being marriage counseling or marriage therapy, which we also do. And we like to think about it from that perspective of like physical health, right? So for some people, they might have a chronic condition like diabetes and they would go to the doctor regularly to manage that. And some people have a chronic problem in their relationship and they go to counseling for that. Or maybe they broke a leg. So something, something came up, they need to work through it. They're coming in for the first aid and then the rehabilitation of the relationship and then they're done. And then the third model, which is the model that couple synergy falls under is like a personal trainer. Like you're not, you don't have a disease. There's not a problem. You just want more. You want to be stronger, faster, better. Right. I mean, couples do get into ruts Mm -hmm. in their relationship. They get stagnant. You know, they continue to do the same things and communicate in the same way. And because of that, they can get stuck and they need new skills, new tools, new ways to communicate with each other so they can get to a higher and different level in their relationship. And a new perspective. You know, someone else from the outside looking in It's always interesting when we hire someone to 
help us with something like marketing or building the website or, you know, the skills that they have and their knowledge and information that we don't have help us bring our message to the world in a way we couldn't do without someone else having that knowledge, right? And so when we're working with someone, that's what we're doing. We're really diving in and analyzing their particular relationship dance and then teaching them. So it's it's a very different model than uh, just therapy. It's There's a forward momentum to it of growth. You know, over the years, I remember people saying that they didn't want to go to counseling or they didn't want to seek that outside help because it was an admission of failure in the relationship, right? That they have failed to do something and be successful in the relationship. And, you know, when you really think about it, like what is failure in a relationship? And how would you know how to have a successful one? It's kind of like saying, you know, my tooth hurts, but I don't want to go to the dentist because then they're going to tell me I have a problem. Right. right. Like, so I'm just going to what, ignore her? that my tooth hurts. It's kind of funny. Well, you, you know, when you're the lights on the dashboard and your car go off, you don't just ignore it. Right. You, you actually have to get your car main, you know, maintained mm-hmm. by someone. And, you know, if you want to do it yourself, you've got to learn a lot of skills and knowledge in order to do that. So think about it like this. Your first relationship is parent-child. That's all you've been taught. That's all anyone's ever been taught. Having an adult-adult relationship is something that you have to learn and you have to develop into or you'll repeat the cycle of parent-child, which of course is what we see all the time and it's just natural because that's all you know. I'm just reminded of the last guests that we interviewed Mm -hmm. and they said that these skills are not taught anywhere right on how to have that adult adult relationship you know where you are at an equal place you're connecting with another human being in the most vulnerable way that you can and creating that synergy in your relationship Mm -hmm. because ultimately the closer you get to another human being in a primary relationship the more likely that you are going to bump into some past wounds. And if you don't know how to help your partner through that, then you're missing a really, really important opportunity to take your relationship and meld together through the process of discovering each other and helping each other heal and grow. Which, you know, bumping into those old wounds and is inevitable. Mm-hmm. In every relationship, you're going to get to that point. And I think we were talking about this the other day that there are a lot of couples who never get that opportunity. You know, they don't learn the skills necessary. And, you know, maybe the relationship deteriorates so much so that they get divorced. And so if they start a new relationship, now they're starting over. Because you have to be in a long, long term relationship to have an adult adult relationship. To even get to the point Mm -hmm. of having the opportunity to learn that. Right. I would say at least five years. I would even say seven, you know, if you want to go with the the seven-year itch, you know, that Mm -hmm. people talk about. But, um, you know, seven years really right about 
that point is, you know, where you have that opportunity of starting to grow and create that adult, adult, adult relationship. And, you know, what is it? The, the studies show that couples wait an average of six years before they actually seek outside help. And so that, that's kind of in alignment with that. Yeah, I remember we were at that one wedding and they did the dance, you know, like everyone that's married, come on the dance floor. And then it's like, if you've been married for less than one year, leave. Mm-hmm. And everyone keeps dancing. And then, okay, if you're married less than five years, you, you got to leave. And then when they got to 10 years, nobody left. Right? So everything fell apart before 10 years. And then the next one that people had to leave the dance floor on was 20 years. So there were no 15 years either. So it seems like that's a really big time where couples get into trouble and leave probably too quickly. And here's the thing that I think is really important. If you do the work, if you go to someone and you learn how to do this, you're going to grow yourself from that person teaching you, even if you end that relationship. But learn from it first, right? Because that'll change all your relationships forward. So here's a question we get asked. We don't fight. Are we okay? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it's about as bad as couples who fight all the time. Right. You know, those are the two extremes. Mm-hmm. Couples who avoid all of conflict and they don't even address it. They just sweep it under the rug and they just get along. Right. That's like saying that you can get your body to a certain point, like with exercise, and then you can stop and it'll just stay there. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like it's inevitable. It's a natural thing that you have conflict in a relationship. Right. It, what really matters is how you deal with that conflict. You know, and so the other extreme are couples who are fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're never really resolving anything. It's almost like they're continuing the same fight from one fight to the other. Mm -hmm. And so that is very destructive as well. You know, one thing that we know, having fairly close relationships with our staff, right? And watching their interactions with each other, the one thing that's the killer of all and the breakdown of all of relationship is the thing that's not being said out loud. And a lot of couples, they'll sit on stuff forever and not say something out loud that's difficult. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are a lot of couples we've worked with that, you know, in working with us, it's the first time they ever actually express their emotions and, and their thoughts with their partner. And that's why they come in, right? They say, well, we're not communicating. We, we have a communication problem. And the communication problem is because within a person, they're not being honest with themselves even. And they're, they're burying it inside themselves and within the relationship. And so what is the relationship then? They're not really relating. Relating requires you to interact and relate. Most often, couples who don't have any conflict and they're not sharing of themselves with each other their relationship is really up in their head. You know, their, their idea of their partner is all just assumptions. Right. They don't really know what's happening. And the danger of that is ultimately one person is going to feel more of the disconnect 
than the other. And if there's no vehicle to have a conversation about that or to bring up something difficult or conflict, they're going to start doing something outside of the marriage. You know, whether it's getting really involved in a hobby or with friendships or potentially another partner. So when you're seeking outside help, especially when it comes to this kind of lack of communication, it is not a painless process. And a lot of times people avoid it. They've been avoiding it in their relationship the whole time. And now they want to avoid it even further, you know, by not seeking outside help because that's uncomfortable, you know, to, to have to really speak your truth and put everything out on the table and who knows what's going to happen. But I think couples get to a point where they say to themselves, you know, if we continue on this path, then we're going to fall apart anyway. So why not? Right. So it's like, you know, what, what can actually, what can we lose? You know, the saddest thing to me is when a couple gets to that point and they go and they seek help and they sit across the room from someone who really isn't skilled in this. This is really delicate work and anyone with a license can practice it. Unfortunately. Yep. Yes. And so it is the least effective form of therapy because of that, because there's not really training and, and good skill building that's necessary, which is what we've worked on in couple synergy for 20 years of working with couples. And so we get those people all the time, like, oh, we tried doing marriage counseling, but it wasn't a good fit. Or I could feel that they, they weren't on my side. One of us didn't like them, you know, and you hear that it, it, it was creating a bigger rift. And they're like, we really like having you both here. And you know what we always say to couples, there's always two winners or two losers. There's not a winner and a loser. So this is not about refereeing and winning. Yeah, you know, I guess in along the lines of showing you the reasons why or when you should seek outside help, I think one of the things that we should also let you know is who you should seek outside help from, right? What, what should you look for in, you know, a clinician, whether you're going for marriage counseling, whether you're going for relationship coaching. And I think it's very important that you do your research and really look for someone that is going to be in alignment with the goals that you want to accomplish in your relationship. Kind of like what Gene was talking about before, you know, if your relationship needs that rehabilitation or your relationship needs, you know, to break through another level and improve, you have to have someone that is skilled to be able to take you where you're at to where you want to go. Right. And it's fair to ask the therapist if they're married, if they've ever been married, you know, how they resolve conflict, th those kind of things that and people ask us all the time, like, do you have kids? Do you, you know, do you know where we are? Right. Can you help us? And you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this right here and, you know, I might get some flack for it. But if any clinician or therapist or coach out there is apprehensive about answering those questions about their own personal life, just run. I'm telling you, because, you know, in this work that Gene and I have been doing, we work on our relationship all the time. Yep. 
And if we are not doing the work, there's no possible way that we could help other couples do the work as well. Right. For sure. And we're not perfect. You know, we're human beings and human beings make mistakes. And, you know, there is no textbook out there about relationship work. You know, there are studies, like Gottman has done a lot of studies in the area of relationship and couples. But when it comes to a, a relationship between two people, it is as unique as a fingerprint. You know, you see books on relationships and they're really written about theory, right? And they're written by someone who might study certain things, but that's very different than living it and really understanding. Like it reminds me when we got together and Alec was 10 and he was quite a handful and you read this book called One, Two, Three Magic. Yeah, that was <laughs> disaster. <laughs> and, you know, it's the same thing as parenting books, right? Th those books are written by someone with a theory of how it worked for their child. But it's not going to work across the board. Some things do. You know, there's some skills that are pretty transferable. But doing those things alone is not going to get you to the level that you really need to do to, to get to that healing place. And as human beings, we see out. We don't see in. And we need that kind of reflection. And if your partner is your closest reflection, they have to fix the way they see things as well as the way that they hear you in order for them to reflect something back that's more healing. Because what it feels like without the skills is it feels like anger, blame, judgment, defensiveness, right? Because they're taking it personally and they think they're supposed to do something and they don't know what to do. And it drives people apart when they try to deal with conflict because they don't understand how to do that. And someone who is not skilled in guiding couples and in, in their relationship would get sucked into that as well and naturally take on the role of being a referee, mm -hmm. you know, supporting one person and then having to switch and support the other person. It, it really doesn't allow for that deeper work of getting underneath the pain and being able to truly understand, you know, the lessons that both people are supposed to learn from each other. You know, even when we're working with a couple, we pay attention to the level of safety and connection emotionally between the couple. And if it isn't the correct environment, we won't teach them the skills that you can learn in order to heal each other because they'll be used against them, right? So we pay attention to that if it isn't safe. And I think that's another thing that kind of a, a lesser skilled therapist might encourage people to do like just tell them how you feel or whatever and it's in a way that is really hurtful and damaging because your partner they're not the one who can take responsibility for your feelings even though some people think they should right well if they could wouldn't they i mean if i had your emotional remote control would I set it to angry? Would I set it to uh, fighting with you? Or would I set it to happiness? Right. If I had control over your emotions, of course I'd want you to be happy. I just don't have that kind of power. Nobody does. Except the individual self. And that's the point. Right? And so the better you 
know yourself and become the best that you can be, the more you have to offer your relationship. And if your partner's doing that too, something really incredible comes out of that. Most people don't realize that when you get into a committed relationship with a primary partner, that all of your past wounds, even from before you even met them, mm -hmm. are inevitably going to come up to the surface. And, and that is a natural process that happens when you become ultimately vulnerable with another human being. And so that's part of the development of, of that relationship. And if you don't heal it, if you don't learn how to heal each other, then the relationship can't evolve. It can't move forward. You know, that's someone, something a guest said on the podcast is that she didn't feel it was appropriate to talk to her family and friends about her husband because it felt more like gossip. So she actually sought out some guidance around that from, from a professional that she could be share freely with and not have to worry about, you know, this person's going to sit across from them at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And that was a really great way of, of conceptualizing why you would want a neutral other person or couple like us to help you see things and not take your side or worry if you're offending your partner. So what are some signs that you would say if this is happening in your relationship, it's probably a good time to go and seek some outside um, guidance or support. Well, I, I think that number one is if your sexual relationship with your partner has become so disconnected so that you are having stress sex or you're having sex with your partner and you don't want to be, you know, but you're just doing it. It's become or you're like not, robotic. Or you're not having sex. Or you're not having sex, right? I think sex is the area of a relationship that takes the first hit that's visible and obvious because our bodies, they need rejuvenation and sex takes a lot of energy. And so if you're depleting your relationship, you're going to notice it in the bedroom. Absolutely. And probably another sign is if you are not spending time together. Yeah. If you're not spending quality time together and, you know, you're kind of just living like two roommates. You know, that's a tricky one because a lot of people think, well, I'm giving to the kids. And right. the kids are always with us. And we, we take have the family kids. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got to take the kids on vacation and we have to always be with our kids. And then they notice that their kids are staying up later and later and later and they're using their kids as a buffer. So they actually don't spend time with their partner. And if you're doing that, that not only hurts your relationship, it hurts your kids. And so having appropriate boundaries with your kids, with their, where they're sleeping, if they're sleeping in your bed, in your marital bed with you and your partner, there's no more marital bed. There's no space for intimacy. And, and that's something that can develop little by little over time mm -hmm. to the point that it seems normal. Right. And it's comforting, you know, because your child isn't going to uh, potentially hurt you or challenge you in the way that your partner will. And 
you don't have to be as vulnerable. That's a really solid relationship. It's your kid. You know, you're always going to be their parent. They're always going to be your kid. But your partner is going to require more. If you're getting your needs met from your child, then you're kind of creating this codependency because you're supposed to give to your child what your child needs. You are not supposed to take from your child what you need. Another sign that would indicate when you need to seek outside help would be if there was, if there isn't any transparency in your relationship, meaning like your partner is on social media or they are, you know, communicating with friends and you're not privy to any of that. Like you don't have their passwords, you don't have access to, you know, any of their accounts you know, it's kept almost like a, a secret. Mm-hmm. Your, your partner's supposed to be your best friend. They're supposed to be someone you want to share your life with. They're supposed to be someone that you, they're the first person you share with. You say, hey, this happened to me, or, you know, I had this experience, this wonderful thing, or this crappy thing. That's supposed to be your person you go to. And so if you find that you or your partner are going to other people, with those things and not bringing it home and sharing it, that's definitely a, a, a problem. You know, one of the reasons people do that is because they think if they start to share, their partner will start to share and then they won't know what to do with all of that, right? And so it kind of gets more comfortable to not share and to keep it to yourself and and lower your expectations. That's a interesting thing that is a debate in this arena of couples work, right? If you lower your expectations, you're not going to get hurt. You'll be fine then. Uh, again, this is something that happens little by little over time. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, when you are starting to hold back the things that you're experiencing and feeling and and thinking, you know, the intention is good. I mean, the intention is that, you know, maybe you don't want to bring something up that's going to anger your partner or cause a conflict. And so you might as well just keep it to yourself. Okay. So the, it starts with a good intention, but as they say, hell is paved with, with good intentions. Right. So, you know, this, this distance starts to grow more and more, and then it becomes again, something that's normal in the relationship. Especially if it's something that seems subtle, like, oh, I wish we spent a little bit more time together. It's not a problem like, you know, this person's abusing me or something. It's just this little want and and you go, well, we're all just busy, so it's okay. Instead of saying that out loud, hey, I miss you, you know, we used to have all this time. Now we got kids and busy careers and I miss you and I want to find some time to be with you. And it's a little thing like that, that over time really erodes things. I would say another sign, you know, that you need to seek outside help. I mean, besides the arguing, whether you're arguing a lot or not arguing at all, is negative talk. Yeah. Right? Negative talk about your partner, you know, or your partner talking negatively about yourself. You know, this is it. This is very subtle, okay? And, you know, a lot of times it'll happen in, like, social settings. Maybe you're out with friends and, you know, your partner rolls their eyes at something you're saying or makes a joke about something that you're talking about, you know, it's like these little digs, you know, that over time, it just, it really erodes that trust 
and creates more of a distance between you and your partner. Yeah, that's actually a sign that someone's not happy in the relationship. Those little digs and their frustration is coming out socially where there's buffers, so it can. But that's definitely something that you should bring back into a private place and get some help with. And I think the last thing we should talk about is, you know, do you have a dream together? Do you have future plans? Do you have a common vision? Are you still forward thinking and having a momentum of where you're headed? Or has your life become just we get up and we live this day and we go to bed and maybe secretly your dreams are locked away in your heart and your partner's dreams are locked away in their heart and there's no common vision of the future? Yeah, how many couples have we met with that are just in survival mode yep. day mm-hmm. after day. You know, they're just in this endless loop of waking up and, you know, hitting the ground running before they're even awake. And then just not really seeing each other, not spending time together, surviving the day, and then going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again. Everyone has the same amount of time. Right. 24 hours, 24 hours in a day, right. seven days in a week. And that's what people say a lot. I don't have time. I don't have time. Have you ever checked how much time you spend on your phone or on TV, you know, watching TV? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cause it's hours. And it's really interesting when we give people that assignment to, you know, have an electronic free day, they're like, Oh my God, I have so much time. And you don't really realize how, how often you pick up your phone to do one thing and 30 minutes goes by and you've done 20 other things on it and you didn't even do the thing you originally went on there for and it just takes you into this like time warp. And when you resist that, wow, you find you got a lot of time. Especially when these signs are happening in your relationship, most couples typically fill that time with distracting things. Mm-hmm whether it be your phone, whether it be TV, whether it be, you know, gambling, whether it be, you know, whatever vices you have, they put all of their their energy and time into these distractions so that they don't have to look at this growing gap, this growing distance between, you know, them and their partner. And you know that what we ignore wreaks havoc in our life. Right. And so that problem is not going anywhere. It's just going to continue to grow. And they just continue to bury their head in the sand. You know, so if you feel like you're doing that, and and you know, you know when you're doing that, and you know the frustration, you feel the frustration on a day-to-day basis that you were experiencing in your relationship, then chances are this is the time right now that you need to seek outside help. And you know, if not just for yourself, but definitely for your relationship. And if your partner's asking for these things, if they're asking for more of your time, more of your attention for you to spend less time uh, distracted or not home, if you ignore that sooner or later, that is going to come back to haunt you in a really big way. And so pay attention to the whispers so you don't have to get the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not a cast one, cast iron one. Yeah. I couldn't even hit you with that. That's so heavy. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, if you have any of those kind of signs, then it would definitely benefit you to get some help in your relationship and some some coaching and some guidance. You know, and this is why we've created the weekend, right? It isn't for people going through a big thing. It's for people who want to learn how to do things better and to kind of shut the world away and to really invest some really good quality time to grow the relationship, which will carry them for a very long time after that, you know, in a few short days of intensity. And so the registration link for that Couples Synergy Weekend Intensive, which is going to be October 15th through 18th uh, this year, is going to be up by July 20th. So definitely look look for it on our website, couplesynergy.com, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, there are so many people already like, when is the weekend? When is the weekend? When is the weekend? So if you want to be on this weekend, make sure you get there and register. It's a limit of 30 couples. And so we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it has enriched your life and your relationship. And check out the episodes on Yellow Flags, Red Flags, and Blue Flags for a more deeper dive into these warning signs of relationships. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our YouTube channel as well. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couple's Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.